What do you guys want to talk about today? We want to talk about price trends for cars. How they're fucking insane. Yeah, it's, Everything's it's getting really expensive. stupid. It's really dumb because I'm in college, I own three cars, and I want more cars. Yeah. Exactly. That's the problem I'm at. And I'm out here trying to buy a house as well. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. But like my issue was when I was in high school and college, the cars that I could afford were all just like garbage. I didn't want them. Mm-hmm. Now I like I couldn't afford anything. Nope. I should have bought more cars in high school because when I was in high school, I could afford stuff. But I was like, I don't really, I don't really need that car. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it looks cool, but you know, whatever. I'll just buy one in a few years when I've got more space or whatever. Space and now money. all of those are unattainable. Yep. Right. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but we're no longer in twenty twenty. Right. Hello, you're listening to the Joy Rides Automotive Podcast. I'm Dalen, joined here. Back in the library again with Tony. Hello. And Corey. What's up? And today, again, we're going to talk about just some of the runaway pricing on this red hot, red hot market Yeah. Uh, as far as cars go. It, it's been hot for a while, but it it's has. still so going. Prices of everything have been going up. And uh, I was reading The Economist. Except for uh, meat. You see that meat prices are on their way down? <laughs> meat? Deer yeah. in general yeah. have gotten really cheap, I yeah, heard, which is kind of well, interesting. Yeah, you know Fuck why? vegetarians. It's because <laughs> everyone says deer carries uh, covid Deer carries 5G. <laughs> no, but uh, oh, that's why my phone works so great in the woods. <laughs> prices, prices have been going up on everything recently. Uh, it kind of sucks. Uh, everything's kind of going up, and yeah, like I said, reading the Economist recently, apparently that's supposed to still climb. They expect until 2025 is going Ooh. to be the downfall. So interesting. Hopefully, it's sooner than that because this sucks mm-hmm. a lot. Um, as far as prices go, yeah, that's considering sucks. how cheap everything yeah. was a year and a half a year and a half ago. I mean, this not that this is an really economy sucks. podcast, but I heard that as far as inflation goes, the worst is behind us. That's good. okay, good. Because yeah. last year's inflation was like brutal. Yeah, it yeah. was painful, dude. It yeah. Just everything got to be. But these like supply shortages are long term things that are going to fuck with prices yeah. for a yep. while. So that's, that's the thing is that we have trucks and cars come into work. We had brand new Kia come in, literally. It was a 2021, so almost new. That thing came in, front end damage. Um, bumper was cracked. We're this not, is a semi, we're not gonna, right? <laughs> yeah. No, because you work on semis, don't I, you? I work on semis. We also do fleet cars and oh, family okay. cars and well, stuff I didn't, like that. I was going to ask because no, I didn't think Kia made no, semis. No, I don't think like, so. I Hyundai makes trailers, on. but I don't believe... Uh, I don't believe Kia is involved with any of that. Okay, good. But anyway, um, it was Kia a, Stinger it was a Kia Optima comes in, and the bumper is cracked, and being a brand new car, we're not going to plastic weld it and bondo it and send it back out. You do that on cheap junk cars, but yeah. we're not going to do that on a brand new car. So we order a brand new bumper cover. This thing was disassembled, sitting outside, getting snowed on for eight weeks before this bumper showed up. Oh, my God. And it's a brand new car. Yeah. It's not like they don't make them anymore. Eight weeks for a plastic bumper to cover to show up, and yeah. the worst part was the bumper cover was only like a hundred bucks. Yeah, and oh it just God. you just have to wait directly forever. from Kia. I like in Korea. I do not know. Kia in Korea. The old Kia in Korea. No, this thing just took forever to show up, and it's just everything you know being cut short or whatever. Uh, prices just have gone up, but aside from stupid. that, um, cars that. Probably would have. I mean, every car has gone up in value. That's Absolutely. just the market right now. That's probably the last time we're going to mention a Kia this episode. Yeah, yeah. I guarantee it. Yeah, because I think <laughs> we're going to focus more on the older stuff and cooler yeah. stuff. Just, yeah. But <laughs> anyway, cars that have really um, stood out as going up in price, which was going to happen even if this market didn't do that. Cars that are just standouts. Before we get into the cars, can we mention? Can we just talk for a minute about what's driving all of this? 
at least what we what, think is um, driving what is driving auctions <laughs> well stuff so, like barrett jackson mm-hmm. cars and bids bring a trailer love these sites mm-hmm. i'm not talking bad at them at all i, yeah. I browse They've definitely them. grown a lot i browse them a ton yeah but the thing is is that when a car goes across the lot you know like like the cleanest superbird ever goes across barrett jackson and pulls 400k and all of a sudden you have dealerships with clapped out superbirds not that that really exists but lower level superbirds like yeah this is at least a three hundred thousand dollar car and it's just like it's not no it's still the same piece of shit it was this one just happened like the one that was at the auction just happened to be an absolute standout example the cleanest e46 m3 goes across and pulls huge dollars and then everybody thinks that their e46 325i is worth big money yeah exactly so I will say, and I, I think this is a big issue when I was trying to find my Trans Am, and it looks like a lot of the stuff on our list kind of fits with this, where a lot of these cars were cars that for the longest time, they were the cheap entry-level beater sports car, where you can get it for two or three grand and just beat oh, exactly. the shit out of it. So now that we're getting to the point where they're cool and collectible and old. And they're hard to find They're now. hard to find because so everyone's the, the super clean the models, out of them. Yeah, because there's yeah. no clean models left, the one, few that are go across and pull so much money that right. owners of clapped out models think, oh, the one that is the same exact thing as mine but with less miles is worth 20. Mine's probably worth 16, and it's not. But that's what they're asking. Right. And some clown's going to pay for it. So now with the auctions, you know, in an auction, you pay what you want to pay for the car. You pay what you think it's worth. Yeah. Now there's people in private sales thinking, oh, this one just sold for this much at auction. So I'm going to list the price on my private sale at mm. this much. Yeah. Which doesn't transfer. That's not how that works. No. no. Especially when something's for a charity and you have people that can throw away money and they say, I'll be a good guy today. I'm going to throw 40 grand at an NA Miata. Good guy or tax write-off? Tax write-off. <laughs> it's all a tax write-off. <laughs> But yeah, like, you're right. Like, like I was saying with my Trans Am, it took me forever to find a decent, clean one with a five-speed, especially with the T-tops, just because for the longest time, that was your, like, I'm going to get this, throw a somewhat cammed 350 in it and just beat the living shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Dirt roads. And, and along with that, another problem I always find is that uh, when people get old and decide, I'm going to buy a car for my retirement, they always buy an auto. So when I was browsing for my Trans Am, I would find super clean autos, and all the manuals I found were either clapped out or race cars. Yeah. Like, I'd find, I'd be like, oh, super clean six-speed car with low miles on it, and I'm scrolling through the pictures, and it's got a nitrous bottle in the trunk. They've cut a hole in the side of the interior of the cage, uh, and I'm uh, just like, uh, oh, uh, my Lord. Fuel cells? Yeah. I hate seeing fuel cells in otherwise stock cars. Or trap door cuts. Well, the thing is that... Oh, shit. <laughs> You're a redneck, Harry. <laughs> well, the thing is that some tracks are going to require fuel cells. That's why you see stuff that's right. basically stock with a fuel cell, and you think, that is the dumbest thing in the world. But it's required. It's so you don't light yourself on fire while doing a, a see, you know, 14-second pass. What, what <laughs> Sweet I, baby Jesus, I'm on Help fire. me, Tom Cruise. Help me, What Allah. I see a lot is uh, when people uh, small block Chevy swap Jaguars... Because you know that's a thing. Is that a common thing? Is that is a the, very the gearbox thing. lines up right? <laughs> the, um, they all used turbo four hundreds, right? And eventually they went into four L eighties. So they, and plus Jaguar engines garbage. So right. small block Chevy swap is a lot cheaper. And then since the fuel tank is like a forty gallon used on one year of Jaguar, it's rusted out and garbage. You can't find one. Just fuel cell in the back. It's like that's. 
I don't know. That's that's an issue um, that is actually very common on the BMWs that Dalen and I both own. Uh, Dalen, I don't know if you've experienced this or looked it up, but a lot of times people get pump failure, injector failure, all sorts of stuff because yeah, there's, there's a sediment fucking in the trunk. Six hundred dollar fuel pump. Yeah, because yeah, there's rust in the trunk. Yeah, or not in the trunk. In sorry, the tank. in the tank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, it's a nightmare. You just get all sorts of sediment in there, and it's just terrible. So, I guess uh, let's get into some of these big price trends. Um, one of them, right off the bat, that I have noticed uh, is the E46 M3 and, in turn, E46 3 Series in general mm-hmm. have gone up in price pretty severely. That's a jump. And yeah. uh, wh- what was the other one? The uh, E39 39 M5 has made a huge jump. Mm-hmm. It's just out of nowhere. I mean, I could afford these things in high school, and now it's like they're they're getting. They're getting out of that range for me. Well, I guess the nice thing is 5 Series has stayed at least reasonably affordable. I mean, I look at E28, E34, if you can find them. I feel like I never see I E34 never see M5s. E34s. And then E39 M5s. They're still reasonably priced. It's the M3s that have gotten crazy. Yeah. Between the E30, not really the E36. E36 is kind of... The E36 is always kind of the ugly step the middle child. Because yeah. they're just so bad. Yeah, I mean, when you've got... When you've got on one side of you, the E30, and on the other side, the E46. I you mean, look like an idiot standing right. between them. I mean, it's like, <laughs> can't really blame the E36, considering its siblings are so cool. Mm-hmm. I like the E36, though. I think they look good. But I think, uh, I think they look okay. I, mean, I would rather have any other BMW, but... Any old M car is yeah. going to be expensive. Yeah, the E30 prices recently just keep going up. I, I uh, There was a story on VinWiki. Some dude bought an M3, like one of the cleanest ones ever, he bought this thing for like fifty grand, and then some guy came along and offered him a hundred grand for it the week after he bought it. And he was like, "Yep, you may have it." And that guy ended up being a—he uh, was like an agent or something for some rapper, like Travis Scott or whatever. I don't know. I don't listen to that stuff. But then this guy puts all these stupid modifications on it, and it was one of the cleanest ones out there, and he ruined the car, just absolutely molested it with modifications, cutting stuff, fenders, uh, fog lights, drilling holes into the hood, like just stupid, stupid stuff to use it as album art. Really? And then some guy was like, oh, that's an iconic car now, and tried buying it off of him for 500K. It's like that thing... That thing that's the real that thing went pricing. up. Yeah, that thing went up 1,000% in a matter of like six months, just that hmm. specific car. And then in general, people are just like, oh, wow, that, that weird-looking car on the cover of this rap album or whatever, and now they want that car. So now you have not only old people that were, I shouldn't even say old, just the last generation that was around for when the M3 was new, suddenly, like, they're not the only ones trying to buy this car. You have youth trying to buy it as well. The price just goes right up. I don't think that's bad, though. I don't think it's horrible. I just, I dislike the fact that, that happened holes to were drilled car. in the hood. And that was like a 20,000-mile car. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sucks that that happened to that car. I mean, it could have been. You could have found one with 100K on it, and it wouldn't hurt so bad. That's true. I always feel like the beaters are the ones that you can cut up. Yeah. That's just me. I don't have the money to decide on this shit. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you've got the money to buy the expensive That's one the thing is I wish movies. It, I, guess. I wish movies would destroy beater cars. Um, but apparently that, what is it called, Clue or something like that? It's an Adam Sandler movie. I read that they used one of the cleanest Testarossas out there and wrecked it for the movie. Like why? It's pretty wasteful. A why? lot of those, a lot of those uh, movies, they use kit cars and stuff. Mm-hmm. I know in uh, if they're if they're nice to us car people, they use kit cars. But a lot of times, because a lot of those 
directors, they have such a budget that they will just go onto an auction site and say, yeah, I need a Testarossa. And they just buy one and then crash the thing, even mm-hmm. if it's super clean or has very rare options. They don't care. So I just got back from California at the Peterson Museum. They have a James Bond exhibit there right now. Mm-hmm. And they've got wrecked Aston Martins from the movies. Uh, there's like a car with a wheel that's just mangled, uh, well, like, bullet holes in the cars, yeah. even, doors missing. But those, when they're new cars, oh yeah, it's not know, that big cares? of a deal. But like looking back at it, it's kind of a shame. But you're well, saying, or if it's like the GR Yaris or something, that's not a huge thing. But like, I guess say there are limited amounts. Something, something else limited. that's a limited production, like. Um, what was it that was insanely limited? The Aston Martin Valkyrie. Right. If they had smashed one of those up for a James Bond movie, that'd be so disappointing. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk. You said something about kit cars. They had a, uh, I can't remember which one it was. It was some Aston Martin from way back when. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty beat up, but it was just a fiberglass shell yeah. that looked like the car. Well, you remember Fast and Furious 7? They were jumping that Lycan Hypersport mm. between the buildings. Mm-hmm. That car was a custom built because the Lycan Hypersport is built off that rough Porsche chassis kind of thing. Um, the one that they used in the movie was a custom built body on a Porsche Boxer chassis, mm. so it was a real Lycan, but it was not a Hypersport, it was not a three and a half million dollar car. See, right. that's what they should do. I mean, a Boxster, you can buy a Boxster. In Iowa, a clapped out one for like six grand. We're not anymore. We're so cheap. We're not anymore. anymore. <laughs> they did it. They, you could a year ago. Yeah. And it if you well, find one for that's six what grand, we're talking <laughs> about today. I guess, I guess if I we want to get again. back to yeah, that, if, yeah. it's, if it's got if it's six grand, it's got that IMS issue. It's got every issue. It's yeah. a boxer. Anyways, yeah, we can get back to the topic. Right. Cut all that out. Or leave it in. Who cares? Or leave it in. Uh, another one that I've noticed uh, on the rise recently. Um, we mentioned this earlier. I was talking about auctions. Is just the NA Miata. The fact that, like, like Tony said, this was a cheap car. Yeah, every when, high schooler beat the crap yeah, out of it. This was a cheap car that you could get 10 years ago, and so everyone's like, oh, I don't care, so you buy the balls out of them. And then the clean examples suddenly are pulling big dollars. And you know what? That happened long before our time as well. I remember, um, if you ever talked to, like, your parents, everybody at their high school had a Mustang or a Cougar or, uh, you know, even stupid cars like junk, like a Plymouth Satellite all those cars if you can find a clean satellite you're looking at 30k plus it's just how it is the clean examples that were once attainable by high schoolers are way out of their realm now mm-hmm. so that any miata is going to kind of fall into the same place as like an s2000 now yeah i oh, mean definitely. As, as far as like comparable it, it cars will, it's it's gonna just go right up because mm-hmm. i remember seeing s2000s like just Nine a little grand. below 10k Nine grand. Yeah, I remember in high and school now you, you look could find them for like nine grand. Fifteen all the to time. twenty. They're like fifteen to Which twenty anyway. S two thousands. S two thousands. Yeah, you could find yeah. them for nine grand when I was in high school. Now they're double that easily. Yeah, yeah. triple that. A lot of them are around twenty grand. Yeah. yeah, and twenty grand doesn't even get you a like. Nice I don't want to say a nice one because they're. I I really haven't seen any just trash. I've only ever seen one clapped S two thousand. I do. Remember I, I don't think I ever have. Every time I see one, it is just gorgeous. Yeah. I knew a guy who knew a guy in Washington that had an S two thousand drivetrain in a Morgan, a oh wooden <laughs> car. Oh my God, what fifteen hundred pounds? Like 250 horsepower at like 7,000 RPM. That sounds like death. <laughs> That'd yeah. be so cool. As far as drivetrain, does that extend like? Did he have, like, wide enough wheels on it? I think it was engine transmission, 
maybe the stock rear end, probably have but with bigger take, wheels, mm. just because the. Well, how's the wheelbase on there? Would you have to run? You have to fab his own drive shaft. Uh, probably. I would assume the, the drive shaft's like this long, anyways. It doesn't matter. A new drive shaft's like three hundred bucks, no matter what length you want it. Yeah. I think Dalen's gonna run into that issue with his MGB soon. Luckily, get, I know some dudes that can get one made for you. Okay, custom drive shafts sound like something that's like really difficult it's to not. get. It's like the easiest thing. You give them a length from spindle to spindle. Yeah. Uh, what do they call them? Guibos? I have no idea. Jubo. Is, that's a, a BMW thing. Isn't a Jubo is uh, that's just a rubber flex disc. That it's not a the, BMW thing. It's a that's the name of the part. Um, because that's what they're called on G8s as well. Okay, I guess I didn't know G8s. It's a, it's the, something like that. It's the rubber thing that mates it to the transmission. Yeah, it's a rubber it flex end. disc that just prevents any sort of actual damage. Yeah, like isn't the Jubo the, will break. Before. Isn't the Guibo like a Star Wars character? That's Greedo. Oh, sorry. <laughs> also, isn't that a rag joint from like your steering? Is the flex disc that it's mounted to? So if it rips, then it doesn't right. s- start spinning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I do know somebody who put who was doing a lot of swaps into MGBs, and they use Jeep rear axles for whatever reason. Uh, out of like what a compass? Out of like a no, because those no, were cause it'd be independent. solid. Out of like a CJ five or CJ seven or something. Oh, okay. TJs. Yeah. The only thing is that the the differential is a little offset, so you have to run the the thing at an angle. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's. They're, Does but that they're, balance well if you're yeah i just no. have an mgb rear end on my car so i'm just gonna leave that be the, i think go. the only <laughs> issue is <laughs> the only issue is they're not very strong they're I'm strong enough miata they're strong enough to handle like, what, that 30 horse you're gonna be fine yeah i'm putting a miata engine he, in my car this guy was doing a turbo 4.3 v6 so yeah he, he needed uh, he needed a little <laughs> stronger a little bit of a boost okay. stock mgb Rear axle yeah. would just launch out of the garage. As By the as way, stock turb or not stock turbo four three V six in a Miata or not a Miata an MGB fits, but not very well. <laughs> if you're wondering, anyway, yeah. yeah, lots of cutting involved in well, when I'm editing this. No, uh, no hood. Anyways, right. next car. Talk about your G8s. Corey's been the only person who's talked this entire episode. I know. Well, yeah, here, somebody else go here's ahead. Here's what we'll do. Dalen uh, and I will just talk about G8s. Yeah. Shit cars. Yeah, I Garbage. know everything about G8s. Only bitches own them. Only bitches. <laughs> You're just mad you can't afford one. You know what the worst <laughs> one is? White ones. All right. G8s going up. Those those are going up because those are their own market. Let's be honest. Australian. They, Pontiac is a brand that doesn't exist anymore. A car like that. Who does the GA even share buyers with? The guys that would buy a GTO or maybe a 5 Series? I mean, I feel like the guys who are buying G8s have been buying G8s since 2008, and they just keep getting a new one. Exactly. Right. Like <laughs> they, they have It's one. a cult car. They have one with 200,000 miles, and yeah. every time they see one with less than 200,000 miles, they sell theirs to buy that. Yeah. That's the thing. Is every every G8 time. I see is like 170K on it or more. It's yeah. just like... They just get the shit driven out of them. Yeah. Which uh, I guess is a good thing. Yeah, they can handle it. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, who, what car is going to take away a potential G8 buyer? And the same thing, we have a Suzuki I Samurai think. on our list. Like, what are people cross-shopping with yeah. the G8? Like, they're like, oh, I'm going to get a G8. Maybe a 5 Series, because they're I could see a designed by the same guy. I mean, how many V8 sedans are there from the... From mid 2010s yeah and the thing is I, I feel like yeah. m3 i feel like if you're looking at a gm 
like a G8, you're not going to decide, oh, I want a Charger instead. I feel like those guys stay apart. I also could Even though they're kind of similar cars, I feel like there's just a there's a pretty it's good a brand divide. Loyalty. Yeah. I could see a lot of people upgrading from a G8 to a Chevy SS. Oh, but, yeah, people do know, that all the time. Chevy yep. SS, those cars basically haven't dropped in value since they Oh, came no, out. A, a manual one is like 50 plus still. You yeah. just can't get one. Yeah, it like th- it's a huge difference in market, but like that that's the only thing I could really see competing with the G8. Yeah. Chevy SS would be a good car to be kept as a little secret, but that spot has been blown up. And like you said, every everyone knows about them. Everyone yeah. that wants one knows yeah. about it. Yeah. I did see the other day in Mount Vernon at the Hardy's drive-thru a Holden SSV, which I'm pretty sure is rebadged because it was left-hand drive, but the Holden variant of the Chevy SS. So the VF Commodore? VF. So it didn't say Commodore. All it had for a badge was SSV. Which is basically the eight-cylinder Commodore. Okay, yeah. Because otherwise it'll say SV6, the okay. six-cylinder model. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Tony, Suzuki Samurai? Yeah. I threw this up there because I've been looking for Suzuki Samurais ever since my buddy got one like three <laughs> years ago. And I, they're just astronomical price for just a little. It's basically a golf cart. Let's yeah. be honest. That's all. <laughs> That's four, all, a lot of those K cards are just epic golf carts. And it's a four-wheel drive. Are those drive. a K car? In Japan, I, they are. I, yeah, really? I think they, they are. The Jimneys, the ones in Japan, are all K cars. The ones in America came with the uh, um, Geo. Essentially, oh, the that's Geo. right. Okay. It had the uh, what is it? One point eight. It's a one three in the one Samurai. Three. Okay. It's a one six in the Geos. Okay. But same architecture for all the engine and everything, but. For a four-wheel drive golf cart, basically, that's street legal, at one point, you can get it for three grand, be an ap- absolute awesome off-roader. Now, finding one for five grand is going to be rusted out and just garbage. And then one with mods, ten grand. One that's perfect, twenty grand. Is and, just and see, there's another car that is in its own category. I mean, right. who's, who's going to go to buy a Samurai and think, Ah, you know what? It's pretty similar to this one, but this one has better options. And they look at a different car. I mean, the Jimny, maybe. See, but the Jimny is the same car, except the Japanese version. See, that's what I'm saying. Is that is someone going to choose to take that over a Samurai? What I could see them going for is a Jeep that's more street friendly and more usable, and just parts are accessible, stuff like that. Well, Suzuki Samurai, you can get every single part you want, and they're the cheapest part you'll ever find. Huh. They like astronomically cheap. the The issue is that it's ha- that's like a good band name. Astronomically, astronomically cheap. cheap. We can do that one. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, the thing is that a samurai is like half the size of a jeep and not as usable on the street. So the fact that they're the same price, you might as well go with the one that's okay. You that know? that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Which I think we should jump right down to that Land Cruiser since we're on to that's that's drive, what I was gonna say. So. Uh, Land Cruisers, uh, I'm, we're just there's kind of two SUV categories that are going crazy right, right. now. One is off-roaders, the other one is uh, like sport, crazy, fun SUVs. So we're gonna yeah. start with the off-roaders, the fast crap, fast yeah. crap. Yep. Uh, Land Cruisers, kind of going crazy. I'd say all those Toyota SUVs from back in the day. Yeah. Land Cruisers and uh, what's the other one? Forerunner. Forerunner. Did you know that you can still buy? Those like 80s and 90s SUVs, like Toyota SUVs, you can still buy those new in the Middle East. Yeah, that's oh, why yeah. ISIS has like 5,000 of them. Yeah, you can still buy them. Yeah, they still make them. Yeah, uh, but like all the off roader, <laughs> all those off roader Toyotas going up like crazy, and they've always been expensive. 
but just more expensive. They just they keep getting higher and higher, and even uh, Land Rover Defender. Oh those yeah, are getting expensive. It's just the weird boxy, rugged off-road SUVs, Will last which forever, in my opinion, are the coolest SUVs. Are yes. those ones that literally look like you could just decide, I'm just going to take a sharp left here, completely miss the off-ramp, go right over some rocks and onto the beach. I mean, that's what an SUV should do, right? I do know, even getting off like the foreign stuff, uh, a lot of the Blazers, Broncos, uh, oh, yep. International Scouts, my dad's been looking at those, and they're crazy expensive you yeah. got a scout what's Scouts, your dad looking at him yeah up? that scout great <laughs> clapped scout yeah there's no usable parts on it that's i want to join the clapped scouts that that's your band name no that's uh that's my you know instead of the boy scouts it's the clapped scouts <laughs> you're going everyone to owns a bmw <laughs> <laughs> it's just e36 is rolling up I did see a square body. I was telling these guys, you guys, this earlier. A square body blazer across the block at Meekum for eighty six thousand dollars. Oh my lord! Cra- That's a lot. Was Insane. it? Was it the the K five? Yeah. Blazer. Yeah. So I know uh, they made the blazer in a two door and four door. The two door was the one where it was the, essentially a truck, but it kind of just had like a mold on roof that was not removable. The 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 two door. Went up until like n- the early '90s. The four door, and then never they happened. dropped it. Well, the f- they had a two door and a four door at the same time in the '90s, but up until then, it was always the two door, and it was essentially yeah, a mold on roof, and the bed was connected. It was all yeah. One so that K five Blazer, the one before the square body, ran from like sixty what so to the, seventy the K- seventy eight or so something. As long as there was a C ten, yeah, the, the it's gonna be the K five Blazer. The, the five, K-5. the five was. You know, the Blazer and the K met four-wheel drive. Uh-huh. So, yeah, they, they had the Blazer from, what, 67 to 72 was that body style. And then the square body. On that one, the roof up. sucks to put on. Yeah. It's that's, such a terrible that's the operation. That's the whole roof comes <laughs> <Yeah>. off. <laughs> in and one huge in piece. In one massive steel piece. And <laughs> the later ones, the, the in the 80s, the square bodies, those are the ones where the, the roof was bolted on the whole thing mm. you could take it off but it wasn't like removable you know what uh what suv spot is getting blown up i wanted one of these for the longest time when i was in like high school and i was like oh this is a cool truck these are pretty cheap it's a truck that i'm actually interested in now they're just going crazy on price two-door tahos oh yeah those are cool i always thought they looked sweet you know what i'm talking about yes yeah I mean, I those are those are pretty sweet. Um, whole spot is getting blown up on them. I mean, you see them on uh, cars and bids. You yeah. see them on bring a trailer. My my favorite SUV ever though is like the '80s suburban with barn doors. Oh yeah, those are insane. Yeah, but those things I feel haven't gone up as tremendously as Land Cruisers and other stuff. Square have. body suburban. They're on their way yeah. up. I mean, they're on their way up, definitely. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they're not going straight to the moon no. like a lot of these other things are. Right. Uh, they're they're hanging on for long enough that we should all buy one now. So the the Suburbans, a buddy of mine just got a 92 Suburban that is pretty clean. It's a nice car. But there's a major difference between the 92 and like a 96 when they swapped a lot of the like the head design and the fuel injection and... Mm-hmm. They really just upgraded a lot of stuff. But, yeah. All right, so let's go on to uh, SUVs that uh, go fast. So 
Um, one that immediately came to mind, I've seen these things going up for a while, is the Trailblazer SS. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys look at prices of them very much, but if you can I find a, a rust-free one. What did those have? The uh, Those LS3? had the LS3. No, no, LS4 with the 5.3. No. Ain't the, that correct? The the 4 was the front-wheel drive setup. Yeah. They they just had a um, 5.3. They had an all-aluminum 5.3 for a while, and then they had the LQ9, the all-aluminum oh, 6.0. Yeah. Okay. They never had the actual S or the LS-badged mm. engines. Okay. But similar but stuff. But the LS4 is basically just a transverse version of the, the longitudinal 5.3. The, so, the... Tr- it's the same except the bolt pattern for the uh, like transmission is completely stuff. different. Yeah, yeah, it's set up for a V6 transmission. Oh, okay. yeah, metric bolt pattern. Huh. Uh, but Cherokee SRT8. Yeah, I mean those That's things. Cool I've one. seen a few of those uh, get posted um, recently, not on like Craigslist or Marketplace or anything like that. But I've seen them show up on auction sites, and there's like some ridiculous numbers going on with those things right now. Uh, what do you guys suspect? Uh, Will there be a downfall of those things, or do you think they're just going to maintain this high price? They'll probably hang on, even though they have that shit Cherokee build quality. Yeah, I. Yeah, but they just I, stay up as there. As long yeah, as they, as long as they stay in decent condition, obviously with some anything performance based like that, it's really easy to get them to decline in condition really fast. Right. Yeah. Between like wrecking them or just dogging them, on them all the time. Beating the, when shit breaks, it's more expensive, so they just don't fix it. Right. Like, it, as long as it stays in a good condition, it'll keep going up in value. Yep, definitely. Um, what about then, some of those crazy uh, crazy uh, Range Rovers? What do they call those? The SVRs? SVR? I think supercharged I ones? Yeah, the supercharged ones. I don't know a lot about the Range Rovers. I don't know. I don't know a ton about them either, but I mean they're high dollar units. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're similar stuff. Those ones, I don't know if they'll hang on as long. You you get because they have Range Rover, you know. Yeah. uh, Turning into a cloud of smoke on the highway, sort of issues. But any of these cars, I think the appeal with them is that you get actual performance out of a car that's not uncomfortable to drive. Mm -hmm. You can still daily drive it just fine. Right. Yeah. And I, I must say, I'm not personally a fan of these vehicles for the simple fact that if I'm going to buy something that's fun to drive, I'm going to buy a sedan or a coupe. That's who I am. Uh, but if I, had, if I had to haul kids and shit and go fast, I don't know, X5M might be kind of cool. Something like or, that. Or, you know what I saw? Um, Was that I don't, Jaguar? I don't know anything the about F-Pace. these. Oh, yeah. Those look kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Those are sweet. Yeah. I don't know anything about these, but on my way here, um, I saw a very new looking last couple model year. Uh, Ford Escape ST. Does hmm. the ST give you anything other no, than I cosmetics? I think it's just an appearance package. That is stupid. Yeah. If they gave that thing like 50 extra horse, I think they're all like 400 horsepower insane. twin turbo V6. Not maybe not all of them are 400. That's the police package. It's a 400 horsepower twin turbo V6. I've heard that huh. some of them were twin turbo, but most of them were not twin turbo for the police cars. Oh, interesting. Only the interceptor ones are twin turbos. Gotcha. Yeah. The normal ones are just like a NA variant. I also that. found out the way to tell a, uh, well, obviously, you guys probably know that when you're looking at an escape, the way to tell a police version from a civilian version is the roof rack, that none of the fleet escapes came with a roof rack. Mm-hmm. So if you come behind mm-hmm. one, it's got a roof rack, and you're like, I don't know if this is a cop or not. It is not. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. So, and then another way, it's a really small detail. It's hard to notice, but... On all of the escapes, when you're looking at the back of them, which if you're behind a cop, it's not as important as if you're in front of them. But if you're behind them, 
look closely at the tailpipes. All the civilian ones have chrome right there. The police ones do not. It's just straight pipe all the way back, and the pipe oh. just ends. There is no chrome detail on it. All right. So that one I didn't know. The roof good, rack. Good thing way I'd to heard. tell. Yeah. Yep. And then all the obvious one. Look for bolt holes for a spotlight and stuff like that. I mean, the shotgun in the in the passenger seat. Yeah. The dog in a cage in the, the back. Yeah. Or the lights. That's the, the one that's gonna, that's the one that's gonna find your shit. Usually, I see two <laughs> meth heads in the back seat, and I'm like, "Yep, it's probably a cop." Uh, anyways, going on to some more. Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, Porsche, specifically yeah. 911s. Um, Porsches always kind of had their own market. They are, I would say, almost entirely separate from pretty much everything else. I, I need yeah. to get in that there's, market. There's though. not a lot of people. Exactly. There's not a lot of people who are like. Well, I was thinking about the Porsche, but then I ended up with the Audi. And, uh, right. Like, yeah, no, nobody's picking a TT over a 944. Right. Like, I just don't think it's happening. It's, I want a Porsche, but which Porsche do I want? Right. Exactly. And I'm talking to Ryan. At except w- it's not, it's not like when you go to buy a Porsche, those buyers aren't going to be like, oh, maybe I'll get the Audi whatever instead. Or, you know, I'm kind of looking at this Mercedes or this Mustang. That does not happen. It's more of a Porsche guy goes to buy a Porsche and he's wondering, hmm, do I get this perforated leather design or this perforated leather design? Like right. they're, they're comparing very stupid and minor details, but that's how that community is. Well, but they care about, well, they only did this stitching pattern from this model range. You know, like there also really wasn't ever a, um, you know how Volkswagen, you can bump up to the Audi and from Audi, you can bump up to like the Bentley sometimes and all that. Mm-hmm. There really wasn't that with the Vol- with the Porsche. Yeah, right. you either there, have a Porsche or a Porsche. You there isn't another the company that uses the Porsche. Um, right. Like a major one. I know there's like rough and all that, but it's, it's just Porsche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but th- that's the thing is that they'll come out with a new generation of 911 and there's like five different ones you can get. Yeah, there's a million of them. I mean, it is like... There's, they there's going to be your Carrera. They're competing Carrera with S. their own models is what it is, yeah. which yeah. is a way to make money, I guess. Because mm-hmm. no matter what, that money is going right back into Porsche. So with the stitching stuff, that's that's more like uh, like first-time buyers, like the individual design studio or whatever or whatever they call it. But um, most of the cars are going to come, like when you're looking at those cars, actually, you're going to have, uh, does it have standard seats or sport seats? Is it a full leather car or does it have like some cloth on the door? Or you know, Alcantara like on the right. sides of the seat, yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it is those little things like that, but the stitching is kind of like a funny joke because um, they do care. We do need to get, I think we need to get Ryan on here because he knows way more about this shit than I do. But right. I guess kind of talking about the Porsche market in itself, it's uh, one of those things where, you know, one day, let's say a 1983 Turbo. I don't even know if there is a 1983 Turbo. Well, let's just say a 1983 Turbo is the upmarket one. That's the one that's shooting up. And then the next day, it's it, not it, 1983 yeah. Turbos anymore. <laughs> it's 1973 Carrera RS. Because somebody's going to see, oh, this one sold really big at Bring a Trailer. And then a week later, it's like, oh, but this model went up at it went up really big at Bring a Trailer. Hmm. And these Porsche guys that are deep in this Porsche community aren't going to be like, are going to be like, oh, well, see, those are both valuable cars. They're going to be like, oh, the most recent one to be expensive is this. So, mm. like, screw the 928. I want the 944 because that's pulling harder right now. So they'll buy that instead. And it's like the Porsche, Porsche guys are not worried about up. 928s or 944s. Well, it's, it's, it's 911s, 911 guys, 911s are the big money. Mm-hmm. But speaking of, like, the – because we're not really necessarily going with just what's big money. It's oh, what's right. on the upright yeah. or on the uprise, you know. Mm-hmm. So big ones right now are like the 914s, the 944s, 19, all the front engine ones, the 
two eights, two fours, six eights. Yeah, those two eights are fun. The two eight S. See, and that's the thing. These you know, guys are realizing that even though this is front engine, it's not a nine eleven. That Porsche badge means something. Yeah, they're and so they're still buying a fun them up. Car. They're suddenly it's taking off. It's a fun off. old car. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, Dylan, uh, the first time we went to the uh, the vintage race weekend at Road America, and there was like a thousand nine twenty eights there? Yeah, just absolutely. Yeah, I everywhere. feel like everybody had a nine twenty eight. I feel like we were not. We You're didn't get the memo. We didn't get the memo that we needed to drive a nine twenty eight hey, up there. It. I have seen quite a few nine twenty eights that have been fitted with uh, Corvette drivetrains. Because oh yeah, holy sh- oh, That'd be okay. sweet. Because LS sense. Yeah. with the transaxle, yep. it you know it fits. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, that goes with the whole like for a while these were the beater cars. So now that all the shit ones are gone, that all that's left is the nice ones. Right. Um, I do know like 944 turbos. Those have always been I don't want to say hot hot ticket items, but those have always been the more expensive of the shit Porsches, the not expensive Porsches. The Porsches with the engine in the wrong position. Right, and not air-cooled. <laughs> the heavier engines. Uh, but, like... Luftgekulter. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, yeah, they... I, I Chris, usually, we're about to make love to this microphone. I usually know we've been recording too long when, when it gets starts stupid. Deep yeah, we're at forty. We're at forty-two minutes on this one. We can. We oh, can really? wrap this yeah. up pretty oh, quick. Yeah, yeah I think 20. the la- just the last car we had on our list, uh, camper van. Yeah. yeah, going back with water-cooled German cars, it mm-hmm. shouldn't be the the Volkswagen Vanagons mm-hmm. and like all those Westfalia vans have been cool and pretty high dollar, except for the Vanagons. And they're just starting to get on the uprise again, just mm-hmm. because it's just more popular. Uh, those I are sweet. I didn't know anything about those until I watched a uh, regular car reviews video on it. Mm-hmm. It's just fantastic. I mean, it's probably the best video they've ever made. They've got, uh, they did like actual like production shit with it. It's not yeah. like there's their standard, like not, not to diss what they do, but like, you know, it's normal, like iPhone video or anything like that. Like they went all out with production. So I'd highly recommend that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll give that a watch. watch. I've not done that yet, mm-hmm. but I will include. It is not just the uh, the German camper vans. I mean, like you mentioned the Volkswagen. I've also seen this recently. Um, uh, Chevy camper vans. Dude, shut up! Nobody likes conversion vans. Those are going up. Are they really? They you can you can hate are. all you want. There's a, lot, there's a lot of people. I'm who not are a fan. Of are you things. serious? They are getting expensive. No way. We had one come into work. That it was a girl my age that owned the thing. Hot. She's like, I only drive this thing in the summer. And it smelled like she lived out of it in the summer and smoked a lot of weed in there. But, <laughs> of course. But this thing came in rust-free. She wanted the whole thing repainted because it had some scuffs on the door. People freaking care about these things. Really? And I couldn't believe it until I drove this thing and driving the thing around. I was like, this thing is cool. It drives like a fire truck. So, <laughs> really? Yeah, they, they're they getting more expensive. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily expensive. Mm. They're just getting more popular. Mm-hmm. They've gone, I guess that's they've the gone whole, up a lot. That's the whole purpose in this. It's right. not like how much money it is. It's oh, like it's, a percentage it's like, over. It's right. not like, oh, I can't afford camper vans anymore. But it's more of these things have doubled in price recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is what's popular. And even if going from 2000 to, or going from 1000 to 2000 that's still doubling it's your price. It's still yeah, a double, yeah. It, yeah, it says <laughs> a lot growth. about how popular they are. And yeah. at, at least with the Chevys, the Dodges, the Fords and everything, 
they're going to be so many of them. So many of them, very easy to work on. I feel on. like I haven't seen a whole lot of like Dodge uh, camper vans recently. Have my, you guys ever gotten one into work or okay, experience? Like I just, I feel like I don't see them. So it's not necessarily a camper van, but like the conversion van, like a people hauler, basically. Yeah. My buddy at his church, they have a like a '93 Dodge, and it's mint, and it's you don't see it very often, but they're there, hmm. and they're pretty cool actually. Yeah. Very just, roomy. I mean, as soon as I mention it, Dalen tells me to shut up. But if you look at the numbers, <laughs> you will see it is kind of weird. Is it? I don't. I don't care much for the vans. I mean, they're cool. I'm not gonna go out and buy one. It is okay. That that's pretty cool. That one right there. They're not on my list of things to nice buy. Price. But the fact that they've been going up, yeah, is weird. Yeah, yeah. But it's cool. Like that's it's got a little a, table in it. No, this it's one that we had in at work sweet. had the sliding re- uh, rear door, and it was a, I think you consider it a three-door, because it had the two doors at the front. The back did not have a door, which really? was very interesting. It had a sliding side door, and then pressed up against the back wall was a bed, and there were, like, shelves on the side. You could legitimately live in this thing. Before I, I wouldn't want to, but you could. Before I bought my Trans Am, I really wanted to get a van and convert it. Not oh, yeah. necessarily to live in it, but just because I... It would be cool to have a van that you can just go and camp in. Yeah, it'd be a mobile bone zone. Yeah. It'd be a, a camper. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think that concludes our list on cars that are yeah. growing. That went a lot. Not in size, but in money. That went a lot longer <laughs> than I thought it was. It did. Be. I think it'll Okay, what car is growing in size? Literally all of yeah. them. We'll get anything <laughs> right. made by many. Yeah, They've true. doubled in the last 10 years. Um, 20 years. I guess just on a closing note, if you want to check us out, see more of us, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Joyrides Pod or Joyrides Podcast. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can email us. Uh, it's joyridespod at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you think is is going up in price. Or if you'd like, uh, you can give us future episode themes. That'd we, be amazing. We typically have some ideas planned. Uh, pretty, but we're not the most well creative advanced. people in the world. So if you want to give us some if ideas. If you have something right. interesting or if you have we'll, some questions, send them in. We'll if take there's something really you want us to look into. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Interesting cars. Or if you want to make a donation to the Iseta Fund. We're not buying an Iseta. We need an Iseta. It's, it's important. Okay, hear me out, okay? We buy a Joyrides car. That's what I'm saying. You buy an Isetta and you put Joyrides so on the side. It's going to draw people's attention. So we're going to get Joyrides, right? But we're totally ripping off a famous racing livery. And instead of saying like whatever <laughs> the company name was, it's going to say Joyrides. Launch what livery do we do? Launch a Scorpion. We get the golf. Martini. Uh, get the Martini. Martini, yeah. Martini or Golf. Or the Alitalia. Or the, the Joyrides. Uh, the Porsche 917 livery that looks like a pig. You know oh, what I'm talking pig about? With Joyrides? Pink Pig, and it says Joyrides on it. Okay. Sweet. Okay. What about John Player Special, but it's just Joyrides Special? <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> we we really need to do this based on the car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Open-wheel Joyrides car? Yeah, we got a company full, van. We got a 70s Formula One car. <laughs> Joyrides Special. I do still really want to build a Formula V car. We, yeah, can, put joy, awesome. we can put Joyrides on the side of that. Yeah. Except don't even follow the Formula V spec. We just build whatever we want and then race them around. What I thought about doing was a Cedar form- Rapids Grand Prix. <laughs> Grand Prix. That should be instead of it's a, a bunch for- of Groms. That instead are of Formula Grand Prix. Prix. <laughs> instead of Formula Port. Grand Beautiful. Prix. Holy shit. That we're, race would be three days geez. long. <laughs> <laughs> they go 50 miles So an we hour. went from Formula Poor to now Grand Prix. I like this. That'd yeah. be awesome. Um, no, what I really want to do is a Formula V car, but instead of the Volkswagen engine, use one of those Buick 215s in the back. 
because mm. huh. it weighs like 50 pounds more and makes significantly more horsepower. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'd be decent. All right. Well, I think that's an episode. Sweet. All right. Awesome. Thanks yeah. for listening.